Welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast. Well, hello, and thanks for joining us on the Simplified Marketing Podcast. I'm John Lawley. Um, I spent 10 years working in the uh, media, TV, advertising agencies in London's West End before starting out my own company five years ago now. Um, amazing time, really flies by. Um, anyway, thank you for joining us. If you are watching, um, you'll notice that we've made a few upgrades to the podcast and we're now in vision. So uh, a few people have said this is amazing because they get to see me. Um, obviously, they'll be invited on more. Uh, but if you're still listening to the podcast, that's still brilliant. You'll still be able to receive all the episodes and information. Um, just check out the URL, which is appearing at the bottom of the screen now, which is marketingsimplified.co.uk. And that's where all the downloads, all the information, all the URLs and links and information about our contributors is stored. So you can find out more about everything, action, all those different plans and get to know more. Now, the whole premise for this podcast is what's working out there at the moment. We always hear from Americans about all this amazing different marketing and all the different techniques that they're using to make a million different sales and how something went from zero to $5 billion within two months. But what actually works? If you're not a huge corporate company, if you haven't got that you know, one small $1 million loan from your father to set up a business, how do you actually get ahead in this world as a one-man business, everything up to 50 or 100 employees? What really works? So in this, in this series, we're interviewing the people who are actually working with those businesses who have actually made it and are actually at the grindstone making things happen for those companies. We get their top tips, which you can download and take away. And also as well, you can listen and watch back um, as many times as you like. So today's um, episode, we have a, an amazing guy called Andrew Black. On. Now, Andrew started out as a gas and heating and plumbing engineer. He was by himself um, until he came across an organization called BNI, or Business Networking International. It's a big networking um, organization. There are groups all around the world. Um, the ones in North London do particularly well, and there's always one in every single different uh, town or near a, near a tube station. You can always find one. But it's a dedicated group of, of individuals who are all business owners. So where, wherever you are, it's always worth popping into one of the meetings to see who you're going to meet, because it's something that is always to do with building relationships and building more business. So Andrew had been along to one particular group, which is where we'd met. He'd been there a number of years uh, before I arrived, um, and he'd watched, he'd spent time with all the older business owners in that group, and that partly helped him build his business from one person and one van to a medium-sized business with a number of employees and a whole fleet of vans. He set up, along with his business partners, he set up all the intricate systems you need to build that business. But his number one tip, as we'll find out, is his vision. He wanted things to be different. So he went about and made things that way. Well, hello and welcome. So I'm really pleased to be joined by Andrew Black. Andrew, welcome. Thank you for having me here. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> We've worked out before more introductions already. Absolutely. This one's just for the camera. Everyone knows everyone. So tell me more about you then. How did you get to where you are now? Um, this morning I took the car, but if you're talking about work-wise, then my career has been incredibly varied. Um, I was once at art school, believe it or not, and did photography. And then I made the very smooth transition, an obvious transition, into fitness instructing, leisure centre management, and personal training. So 
the bits and pieces that I've done, it was never kind of a very clear path. It was just a case of doing what sort of I fell into or I was pushed towards at the time. Um, prior to the leisure management, personal training, um, I was in um, retail for a while, uh, worked with BP, worked with Iceland's. Uh, some of my funnest moments come from actually working at Iceland's. And then when I was personal training in 2008, when the recession came, I was actually personal training one of the bankers. Um, it was a case of I had to retrain and find a recession-proof business. So what I did at the time, um, a friend of mine was already a gas engineer, Matthew Chant. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. And he said, do you want to be a gas engineer? And to be honest with you, I didn't. But I had a young family. I had a mortgage. And heating in the home is pretty much a recession-proof business, uh, especially in the UK, although we are recording on what probably is the hottest day of the year. So retrained, requalified, and started fresh, working for myself, and then gradually built a business of three or four before being introduced to BNI, Business Network International, which obviously we're both members of. And what that did was open me up to a room full of, at the time, 35 people that all knew more about business than I did. Um, some of them still know a lot more than I do, which is great to be in rooms and learning from people all the time. So I joined this, this organisation almost 10 years ago now, and Domestic Gas Solution went from being three or four people to me meeting my business partner, then Lisa Cato, a complete rebrand of Domestic Gas to Marvel, um, and then us building that business up to 25 at one stage. Absolutely you know, phenomenal, using a lot of the methods that BNI and I have taught, but more so learning from the 35 and now 57 members and other visitors that we have here. So um, that's kind of what's happened to this point. There's been a lot of other stories, heartaches, roller coasters and so on between now and then, but, but that gives you a very quick summary of what I've been involved in, what I've done, and, and where I'm at right now. So what's been the biggest, biggest challenge then? So far, it's a bit. I think the biggest challenge is, if I keep it business-wise, the biggest challenge for me was going from maybe being a company of three or four to maybe eight or nine. Okay. It was that middle period there where the challenge was to get me off the tools and managing a business, letting go of certain ways of certain behaviors, certain mindset, and embracing new styles of software or new styles of communication or whatever it might be. Um, but that was probably the key challenge. And as a result, you know, I had to change pretty much every way that I, everything I thought about business and everything I knew about myself in some ways. I was hanging on very much to this, this angry man who was always passionate and driven, but actually there were people that wanted the best for me. And if I had listened maybe a year or two earlier, I'd be a little bit further along. But and that's kind of an interesting point because that, I mean, look, we're all human. We all think we know better. Yeah. And with the respect capacity to learn, but how, how do you open yourself up to that? So if you've been on tools yeah. for such a long time, how do you manage to creep back from that and give away? I think it, it comes down to what you want more. And it's either a positive thing of what you want more or what is causing you the more pain. And for me, being on the tools continuously was something that I didn't want to do it anymore. I wanted to build a business. I wanted to build a legacy. And it was important to, to build some kind of brand and have uh, something to, that I was proud of and something that I could show off and something that people were proud of, of me, but also proud of the service that we were providing. And it was became an impossibility to do that from being in the tools and being stuck on it. You have to take that, that bird's eye view. So, and in doing that, it was a case of not just taking a bird's eye view, looking through my perspective all the time and having one way of looking at problem solving, but looking at it through multiple perspectives so we could ultimately move Marvel forward or myself forward personally through personal development as well 
as quickly as possible. But the argument, I suppose, a lot, lot of sole traders are going to have out there is going to be, well, I'm, I'm too busy. I can't. I've, I've got tons of work on. How do I get out of that state? Hundred percent, and I think this is ultimately what happens. And don't get me wrong; it's not like it's as soon as you you have this click and you change, and that's it forever. Because someone will leave, or something will change, or you'll get busy, and you'll be back on the tours before you know it. You know, short term, these things do happen. But um, for for me, having that that personal vision of of where I wanted the company to be, I think a lot of people start businesses and they just fall into it, and then they just keep going. And they don't really have any idea of where they want it to go or how they want it to look like or how they want it to shape. And they complain about all the things that they could actually stop complaining about and stop solving if they just took a step back or a step up or a half a day break just to have a look at things. So I was very much starting with the end in mind. My thing was, well, you, you build a business to sell it or to pass on to your children or, or whatever you want, but you ultimately build it to leave it, which kind of seems wrong at the time. But without having that aspect or without having that perspective of it, you're always going to be stuck in it and therefore can't see the wood for the trees, as it were. So in a way, so is, is it a money-saving expert tip? Take, take one day off a year to sort out all your finances, you'll probably save yourself a few thousand pounds. hundred percent. I mean, if he's advising that one day for your personal finances, from a business perspective, it's something that I would look at kind of quarterly. You know, have a, have a break quarterly and look at, and, and if you, you use a mentor or a coach or someone that you trust in business, how often are you speaking to that person? You know, with BNI, we are trained very much to kind of ask for help, to seek it, you know, seek out somebody that has the answer. And most of the time, the answer is free and available and it's, and it's, and it's there for you. When you're, when you're stuck as a sole trader, and often is the case when you're the business person in your family, nobody else understands, and nobody else understands what you do, what you go through, and can't really give you that support. So having someone that's been through it, having people that have been through it, having a group of people that have been through it is, is such a powerful tool and such a powerful thing. And it does mean that when you do book in that, that time to speak to that person and that quarterly day to review what's going on and what's coming next, you can ask the real questions, starting with, am I happy, first and foremost? Yeah, absolutely great one. <laughs> and, and is the business where I want it to be? And where do I want the business to be this time next year? And is the relevant strategies in place to achieve that? So this is something that you know we became very good at in Marvel. Yeah. And there was a very structured approach to whether it was managers meetings, one-to-ones with the team. Um, we had vision sessions in terms of making sure everybody was in alignment with what the company wanted and the staff were in alignment. And if they weren't, it was a case of, well, we've got the hiring process wrong and we probably need to either try and motivate this person to change their mindset or potentially find them some sort of new role. Because if you've got someone pulling against you while you're trying to go forward, no matter how big or small the organization, even if it was one or two of you, if you're in disagreement, I've spoken to partners before and one guy wants to take the business in one direction and the other wants to take in the other direction. Well, you guys are stuck and it's such a shame to see. So let's talk a bit more then about the company you, you built, Marvel. Um, how did it all start out? Because it's very different to say um, Joe Bloggs, Plumbing down the road. Yeah. So, this is all so even when I started the personal training business and then when I was domestic gas solutions, I always started with a company in mind rather than my own personal name with, yeah, a, right. with a view that I was going to build something that I may or may not be a part of in the future. So when we rebranded from domestic gas to Marvel Property Solutions, one, it was property solutions with the idea of potential diversification or adding, uh, adding other services or products in. 
but also more, more of a case that it wasn't reliant on me. So although very much people buy from people, and in terms of the relationships that I've built over the years, I've maintained those and I'll continue to maintain those. But in terms of selling the business, we wanted the core values of the business to be what you know people spoke about and people used and people come to know. So for now, there are people, there are customers that Marvel Propositions have that never know who I am or will never know my story or it really doesn't matter, to be honest with you. What they're interested in is that we are on time, we are trustworthy, we do what we say we're going to do, and we try and solve the problem, and we try and add value when we're there. And that's the values of the company. So whilst the brand might be quite fun and playful, and certainly the name Marvel suggests, or originally Marvel at our service, Marvel at how good we are, but we know the wordplay is there with the heroes, we'll save the day, we'll never let you down. Just yeah, avoid copyright issues but I think it's if you've been to Aldi's or Lidl's I think you know that it's, <laughs> we're, we're at least definitely you know, all over the shop there's enough scope to get there's, there's definitely enough scope and I don't certainly don't have the money to go up against the Marvel in terms of you know them taking me down but they should be proud in the sense that you know I think Marvel know they, they inspire people all over the world you know mm -hmm. um, it's been over the years and years and years and from my perspective growing up and watching X-Men Spider-Man and everything else it was always about wow it's not just the fact that this guy can fly or lift cars up and everything else, which is incredibly cool, and I wish I could, by the way, just to break anyone's kind of you know, bubble on that, I can't yet. But the values themselves... <laughs> but the values themselves of, yeah, you know, what's your integrity, are you honourable, and yeah. um, saving the day, always being there, were very much a fundamental core of who I am, and therefore became what Marvel is now, today. And, and it attracted people... Um, that are currently working there and currently in charge there to, to carry on because they have those same values as well. So it's a strong brand, something that's going to be recognisable above a lot of the competition, something that people would recognise, values built on that, and of course then the, the core of the service. Yeah, because it's, it's very difficult to market values. You know, looking at a brand, you, you, you could make some sort of association, certainly this, as you all know, and you, you all say, certain colours you use, you can build a certain emotional response. But you can't sell the values of a company until you experience it. So before people are able to experience the company, it's all about the branding. And then in order to get people to see it, it's all about the marketing. So, you know, we've spent money and the time in making sure that the, the brand looks right. Not all, not all at once. And this is something that we spoke about previously. I think a lot of businesses feel like there's this great big pressure to go, right, there's 20, 30, 40, 50 grand. I'm going to spend on marketing, branding, advertising across everywhere. It's just not necessary. But it is necessary to start with, does your logo, does your website symbolise what you're trying to do as a company? And yeah. are they in, in alignment with your core values, first and foremost? And we started with that, with the logo, then came the website, then came a rebrand of the website and the animation, then came the change to the silhouettes. And now we're in a position now where the brand is quite strong, everything looks quite fresh. I imagine the website will get updated. We do different landing pages for promotions, for argument's sake, or things on Facebook and social media. But generally speaking, it's all kind of in a very modular way built over time. So that's, that's a really interesting point there when you're talking about building a marketing strategy for a growing business. You know, if you start out as a sole trader, how, how do you get from that sole trader one person in the business? Do you go around, do you just get that you know, endless bag of money and start it out? Or do you, are you starting out with specific things first? I think it's, it's, again, if you're going back to what is your, um, what's your vision for yourself, for your family, for your company, where do you want to be, what do you want to achieve, um, and therefore, what does that look like? 
And what happens once you have a picture of that, what it starts to look like, you can then go, well, okay, to have that, I will need to earn this much. Realistically, if you go, I want to earn three million pounds in, in one month, then for most businesses, that's incredibly difficult. So it is then about speaking to someone, sharing their goals, or speaking to people within the business, or whatever, mentor coach, whoever you want to use, to say, okay, these goals are achievable. What's the strategy towards achieving those goals? And if you want to be that type of company with those type of goals, realistically, your brand needs to perform a certain way, look a certain way. And so your marketing strategy needs to be such as. So start with a vision. Start with a vision and the vision will reflect what your kind of branding and marketing looks like. And then the actual strategy would be, well, someone like yourself. No, that's also a character within the Marvel Universe. That I want the strategy guy. Yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there's a few. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. I, I, yeah, I find it fascinating and amazing um, hearing how you built the business. Which, you know, all credit is an amazing yeah, it's thing, a lot. having that vision and sticking by it to build that company. And it was, and it was, first of all, there were other people involved. You know, uh, when, I, when I started the business, um, yeah, it was me. But then it was a case of, Again, recognizing where my strengths were and where my weaknesses were. And it's not that you should ever admit your weaknesses to anyone else, but certainly be aware of them um, and attract people to do those jobs. You know, there were certain jobs in the business that I didn't want to do and I was no good at, frankly. So if I can work on my strengths or, or play to my strengths all the time, the results I'm going to generate are going to be far better than me taking six hours to do a one hour job, which I'm, you know, actually, you know, hate doing. So as we grew, you know, I attracted different engineers that became more technical that could then run smaller teams. I attracted uh, business partners that had, you know, far better sales and marketing knowledge than, than I ever did. Um, I attracted, uh, you know, a sales guy who I used to work with back in the leisure game. You know, everything sort of comes back around, and some of those early relationships of, of managing leisure centres and working with people there very much came back in because we all shared similar values in those teams together. So why not come and? And help me build this business here. So a great support and network of the people that came and worked with, and a lot of those people still work with Marvel day to day, and, and you know they deserve you know the utmost celebration and respect because they're fantastic people. So what's the future then for Marvel? Um, they will go from strength to strength. They're currently working with um, uh, Lee Hayward, who is a fantastic carpenter, and a small the small building works and projects and things like that, kitchens and so on. So there'll be a lot of crossover in terms of project work there. They work with a number of agents and have just onboarded um, people like Martin Gerard and there's other agents that you know I'm standing up and asking for different people at Chesterton's every week. So, so Marvel will continue to grow over the over the years as, as they have done and continue to service London, which is which is great. My role with Marvel has changed, as, as I spoke to you personally about, and and that means that I'm working with them on a consultancy basis. So you know when you start with the end in mind, it got to this stage where great Marvel's doing its thing. For me, it's now got to the stage where. I no longer kind of want to or need to be a part of that. I want to go and do other things. I want to express myself in other ways. And ultimately, in the problems that I solved within Marvel, I very much want to be doing that with other trade clients. So as mentioned, people have these issues or questions, whether it be about branding or marketing or strategy or how do I get off the tools? Well, we've solved a lot of those problems practically. I'm working with people like yourself. It's very simple to kind of go in within that niche of the trade and say, look, Let's just have a chat and see where it goes and see if I can help you achieve that or implement that software or onboard those new people or get that apprentice up to, up to scratch. So that's how my day looks. I'll still be very much the same consultant with Marvel, coaching and helping other trades. 
and um, no doubt a little bit of project management as well for some construction projects going forward. Sounds very exciting. Very exciting, yeah. Very so exciting. we've so we've compiled to, between the two of us our top ten tips for you if you are a sole trader out there and you want to get started with marketing. You can download that below on the page. Thank you very much, Andrew, for all your time and effort compiling that. If you would like to sit down and have a longer chat with myself or Andrew, then please do fill out the form below. You can actually come and visit us, can't you? Yeah, I'll be an island group every Tuesday morning. So look to see you there as well. Yeah, and there's great power in that as well. You know, um, obviously there'll be a lot of videos like this that, that pop up, and hopefully a lot of people that know us will share this and can you know put a comment and just sort of say, look. I know these guys have worked with these guys and so on because I get inundated with stuff like this all the time. Come along to BNI, come and meet us in person, come and have breakfast, and come and also meet 57 other businesses. And there may be some business for you. And if not, worst case scenario, you can see that we are very real people and we only want to actually help people and help other people's businesses. Andrew, thank you very much. Thank you, John. So there you have it. That was today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got a lot from it. Don't forget to action the points from these episodes. Can't stress that enough because you're not going to get anything done unless you actually take action. Simples. So go to marketingsimplified.co.uk. That's where you can download all the resources from today's episode. And you can also have a look or download um, the previous episodes in the series. Now, just a quick uh, word from our sponsors, Crystal Hosting. It's a company that we use for pretty much all of our work and uh, online projects. It's an amazing hosting company, very secure, um, also based in the UK, which is a fantastic um, thing for me, uh, for customer service wise anyway, but also um, for data protection, something to think about. So hope this has been interesting and useful and we'll see you next time. That's all for this time. But don't worry, we'll be back with more soon. Stay tuned for new episodes at marketingsimplified.co.uk.